Hey, but news that we've been following for a while now, I got the first wind of this, and then there's Blake at Flagpole, Blake Odd and those folks that, that were on top of this. When it first began to circulate and percolate, I guess close to a month ago now, uh, it was late August, you had this fundraiser for Houston Gaines. Houston mm-hmm. Gaines, and people know Houston, uh, Student Government Association president at the University of Georgia. Prior to that, as a teenager, uh, successfully managed your reelection campaign in 2014. Uh, you hold a fundraiser for him uh, at your home. Uh, back in August, well, August 28th or some such, yeah. uh, the end of August. Uh, a week or so later comes word that uh, that didn't sit well with the athens Clark County Democratic Committee. Uh, I think September 7th, they had a meeting, the, the executive committee of the committee uh, had a meeting to begin the process that culminated last week with a full committee vote uh, to remove you from committee membership. Lifelong Democrat Nancy Denson drummed out of the Democratic Party. Why? Because, as it turns out, Houston Gaines is a Republican and is a Republican in a contested race opposed by a Democrat of the person of Deborah Gonzalez, uh, candidate for the what I'll call the Regina Quick seat on the legislature, in the legislature, House District 117, Regina Quick, uh, leaving to become a Superior Court judge, a special election 36 days from today. All right, those are the bare-bone facts. Uh, the, the Democrats say you violated bylaws. You're not supposed to support a Republican if there's a Democrat in the race. How do you plead to all that? Well, I... I, I really don't don't even want to contest what they did, but uh, I'll give you a few facts. One one was that I was presented with the letter that I'm giving you a copy of here mm-hmm. that that says that the uh, executive committee had was making a recommendation that I be removed from the Democratic committee, and it was scheduled for a vote on the 28th. There were some statements, and <clears throat> there were some statements made that I was um, approached privately about quietly resigning. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. You were not asked prior to that vote to go away. No, I was never privately asked to. Re- I was never asked to resign. That, right. And if 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 one of my friends or, or one of my acquaintances on the committee had <clears throat> come to me and said, "You know, Nancy, this really looks kind of bad. You think maybe it's a good idea to resign?" I would have done it on the spot because I already planned to resign prior to the general well, so that, election. I was going to get to that. You had already said that as I want to be able to support this young man as the candidate of my choice without mm-hmm. any issues, I'm going to resign. But you were going to do it. Right. You were going to jump before they pushed you. Yeah, and, and even, even uh, after I was presented with this letter, um, I, I considered uh, just resigning because I didn't want to put people who were very loyal to me and who I care about through the anguish of having to go through this. But then when it was when it was distributed that I was asked privately to resign and didn't, I thought, no, I'm just going to let it play out, play out. Uh, I still feel that I did not technically violate the bylaws because uh, of the special nature of this election. Right. This is that is these are not two candidates who would have gone through any primary process. There's or not a Democratic nominee right. or a Republican right. nominee because there's not been a primary. Uh, and and so and there the the word Republican is not in the Democratic bylaws anywhere. Uh, again, that's the technicality. I understand people on the Democratic committee being upset, uh, but to me, it's sort of a tempest in a teapot, and it does not affect my life dramatically no, one way or another. About that, and I don't. I'm not Oprah, so I don't really care. But I'll ask because <laughs> other people do. I mean, how do you feel about this? I mean, you've been a Democrat longer than most of these people have been alive, or at least some of them. Well, well, very honestly, Tim, some of my dearest friends I have made through the Democratic committee and through the political process. Uh, many of those people that. Um, are no longer on the committee, are no longer a, a part of that committee either. Uh, and the committee has, has become much more uh, left-leaning than it, than it had been in the past. And I've always been a Democrat. I'm still a Democrat. The Democratic values that are that are expressed in the Constitution of equality of, 
of people and equality of opportunity. And then I always felt that, that the Democrats took it a step further and reached out to help people that were less less able to help themselves. And I thought there was there was more compassion on that side. Uh, even though I'm very practical, pragmatic as far as as business, I'm I'm more socially liberal, and it, it it was a better fit for me. But but I've always considered myself a very moderate Democrat. I'm still a moderate Democrat. Now that was, and, and I, I <laughs> frankly I I have made this observation. Mayor Nancy Denson him with us. My sense of it was, and you're obviously closer to this than I am, is that at least during your tenure as mayor, you were never their favorite anyway. I mean, they actively campaigned against you four years ago and even eight years ago. The other candidates in these races here, they've, they've opposed some of the things that you have proposed as mayor. Uh, a lot of this along the lines of development and your positions on that and their positions on that. I mean, you weren't their favorite to begin with. Um, I, I think you're right. <laughs> So what, what do you do from here? First of all, what does it mean? To, I mean, as you say, you're still a Democrat. You can call yourself a Democrat, certainly vote for Democrats or not, as the case may be. What does this as a practical matter mean? Very little. Uh, I, 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 I have always, um, you know, when I ran for office, I, I called myself the common sense candidate. And I think that's something that we're very short of in our society in every area. And and I, I govern with, from common sense. But, but what, what I've what I wanted most when I was running for mayor is for our community to become uh, a place where there were jobs available for people uh, and opportunity. And I, and I think that's happened. In fact, we just got – I was thinking how many more important things are going on in the world than, than this that's dominated my life for <laughs> a couple of weeks. Um, and one, we just got our uh, unemployment results back. Mm-hmm. And, our, and our unemployment rate is down to about 4.7 percent, down 20 percent over the over. Uh, year, uh, month over month, or excuse me, year over year, over year. Mm-hmm. and we have about a thousand more employees in Athens Clark County than we had this time last year, and and a hundred just in the month of August. Well, that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're one of those hundred people sure. who need a job, yeah. it is. Yeah. And and to to carry that thought a bit further, there are three thousand jobs posted at the labor department now that are unfilled. So there are jobs available in this community for people who want to work. Athens Mayor Nancy Denson was that. I guess we can blame all this on Houston Gaines, uh, <laughs> or at least your support for him. Why, by the way? To describe, first of all, I mean, it, this goes back four years at least, and I know he's Judge Gaines' grandson, so I know you obviously knew the late Judge Gaines, but how did it, what possessed you to say in 2014, and what could have been a difficult election cycle? Here, teenager, you drive the keys of this campaign. What what started that? How did that well, come about? Well, it, it, it goes back beyond uh, the 2014. When I was running in 2010, uh, Houston couldn't drive yet, and his mother would drop him off at the house, and he'd put signs together because my, ha- my home's always been my campaign headquarters. And and just one of the most sensible, hardworking, uh, ethical young men I've ever been around. He still has a key to my house. They're, they're only, only only him and my children have keys mm. to my house. Um, but but I, I find him absolutely trustworthy. But but on the on the first campaign, you know, he was he was doing a little bit, and then then after I became mayor. I did this program called The Mayor's Call to Service, where I was trying to get people more interested in volunteering for nonprofits. And it turned out to be an extreme. It was a one-time program where we had um, a concert at the um, Georgia Theater. And and we had the um, Athens Band. I'm trying to remember. Classic City, Classic City Band. Mm. And and that was deliberate because people that, that listen to the Classic City Band, probably many of them have never been to the Georgia Theater, People that go to the Georgia Theater probably never, never heard of this band. wonderful band. Yeah. So it's to bring different parts of our community together. Uh, we had hundreds of new volunteers sign up in that in that one event 
for for nonprofits, and it was very it was very uh, successful. And Houston and got involved in that, did a lot of uh, computer work and uh, filming people for it to to do little online vignettes of it. And uh, and then it just sort of naturally evolved that he started helping on the campaign when I started running. And I realized how valuable he was. And and he was the most constant person. He was one that was always there, always helping, whatever you need him to do. And one day we were chatting, and I said, Houston, you're doing so much. Why don't, what do you think about just managing the campaign? He looked at me like, are you kidding? And I said, no, I'm not kidding. He said, absolutely. And so it, it happened just just that quickly. Quickly, and, because we got to hit a break here. I, it, he's still a very young man. Uh, he'll be, he'll be 23 in January, right. so I have to say 23. Any, yeah. any concerns at all that that's too young for the well, job he's running for? Well, let me give you something real quick. I hope we can do it before the break. Sure. Uh, I, I thought about this because I think I remember seeing it when the, the um, uh, Adams series was on. So I thought, well, how old were our founding fathers? Because I think I was struck by the ages of some of the people in that when that program was on. James Madison, who's known as the father of the Constitution, the the fourth president of the United States, was 25 in 1776. Nathan Hale, if people remember, I regret I only have one life to give for my country, was 21. Alexander Hamilton was 26. Thomas Jefferson was only 33. So um, Charles Pinckney, who was the youngest signer of the Constitution, was 19. And James Monroe, our fifth president, who was signed our Constitution, was only 18. I'll take that as a no. You're not concerned that he's too young to, no. to, to be a state representative. A- age is relative, as it is in my case. <laughs> on, on the other end, people concerned I was yeah. too old. Anthony's Clark County Mayor Nancy Denson in studio with us this morning. I made note, and they're doing this in Atlanta today. The city council over there is going to vote on this, this ordinance to scale back dramatically uh, the punishments for possession of less than an ounce of marijuana like a $75 fine no jail time that sort of thing you talked about that uh, during the course of the 2014 campaign uh, you and your opponent then Tim Denson were basically on the same page more or less you might sort have of. differed on some specifics but I mean you generally agreed in your statement to the effect that we ought not be ruining people's lives young people's lives that sort of a statement uh, I expected that I thought okay well that's that's the starting gun for the discussion we're going to have Three years later, we haven't really had it. Uh, did, yeah. Are we going to? Well, well, actually, during that campaign was the first time anybody had ever asked me publicly what my thoughts were on marijuana. And back to Houston, I remember he told me that he almost had a heart attack <laughs> because he had no idea what I was going to yeah. say. And and basically, I've, I've, and it, and it's, I've, I've not done a lot of research, and this is just, just my gut feeling, but, but it's also from talking to law enforcement over the years uh, about marijuana is – that it's probably not any more har- not as harmful maybe to the person in society's alcohol is, and I've had officers tell me that they've stopped a lot of people going 100 plus miles an hour on alcohol. But if you're on uh, marijuana, you're just cruising along, <laughs> singing a song. You know? <laughs> and uh, but and 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 so and I think it will be legalized in in Houston's lifetime and in, mm-hmm. in the next generation. Uh, I, I would. I was very disappointed when when uh, the federal government decided to keep it a class one drug. Yeah, still a schedule one drug, same because, as heroin and meth. Because as long as it's a class one drug, it's a federal offense. It's also a state offense. And and this, that's why I keep asking, what does it matter what Atlanta does? What does it matter what Clarkston did or what Athens might do? Because they're they're still violating a state and a federal mm-hmm. law. And and one of the re- and I've, I've had a lot of young people come up and talk to us. There's one young lady that comes. Uh, almost every meeting she hadn't been there for a while, and she and she talks about losing her um, potentially losing her uh, um, Pell Grant and her her scholarship at the university. And I want to catch her in the hallway so bad and say, "Honey, if somebody was paying for my college education and they told me not to drink milk or coffee, I'd salute and say, yeah. yes, sir,' and I wouldn't do it.' 
uh, because you don't have to have marijuana. But but as far as the local ordinance, I've, I've and, and I talked to our police uh, department at length uh, right after the election when all this was was hot subject in in the community, and I find and there there are very few absolute marijuana address, uh, arrest in our community. Primarily, when somebody's arrested for a small amount of marijuana, it's in conjunction with another crime, and so so the statistics just don't show that this that this is a problem that you're being arrested for small amounts of marijuana. My feeling is that if we if we did something like this, the biggest beneficiary would be the drug dealers because we would immediately expand the market for them. We'd be giving uh, young people, students, uh, this message that it's really not that bad, it's okay to try it. And, 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 and of course, the ones that are being hurt the most now that we're told are the young black people, it's, it's going to make them feel a little bit more secure in selling it. So, so I think it would just accelerate the use, the illegal use of, uh, so, so I mean, again, it, it, it sounds like what you, despite what you said three years ago in the course of that 2014 campaign, maybe under three years of reflection, you'd say, well, yeah, we ought not be about the business of ruining young people's lives. And that was your phrase. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, this ordinance proposed in Atlanta and maybe to be discussed here may not be the way to go. Absolutely. And, and the, the thing is, is when something's illegal, whether you agree with it or not, and you decide to to break a law, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be willing to deal with the consequences, and the consequences could be pretty severe. Mayor Nancy Denson in studio with us. Uh, five weeks in one day, if I'm doing the math right, 36 days until election day. Here we we discussed earlier, obviously the Houston Gaines election, the special election to fill Regina's quick seat in the state house. Another one of those down in Oconee County. I say Oconee County, a few precincts in Athens as well. The Chuck Williams seat, uh, director of the Georgia Forestry Commission. Those races going to attract a lot of attention. Make for a very interesting November 7th. We had an election already. If, if we had either one of these special elections, we still had the T-SPLOST referendum on November 7th. And as you were pointing out, we haven't really discussed it much. Uh, so discuss it now. Why should people go tax themselves another penny on the dollar? Um, well, one of the things I'm prohibited by law from pr- from uh, promoting it with, with county resources, right. county dollars, this is private citizen Nancy mm-hmm. Denson. Uh, the, the 1% tax on uh, that, that we'll be imposing on ourselves will come to $109 million uh, over the, the period of time that it's in place. Which would be until $109 million is raised or some period uh, of time? That, that's an absolute dollar. Okay. It's, it stops when that when that money's raised. Well, we it's projected it for five, five years, years, six years, whatever. But yeah. if it comes in closer, mm-hmm. sure. uh, uh, it, it will, uh, it'll stop. But there, there are things that we literally cannot do now with, with uh, unless we dramatically increase uh, the uh, property tax, which I'm, I'm very opposed to because uh, – I, I think we're going to be pushing more and more people and businesses out of the county if we start doing that. Um, there's been some concern that we would be a, a 1% higher than some of the counties around us. I know that both Oglethorpe and uh, Oconee County are considering it for next year to, ha- to have a referendum on it for their mm-hmm. counties. What do we get for the penny on the dollar? Well, one of the things that, that I'm uh, happiest about is pavement rehabilitation. We've got um, roads that have not been repaved since they were laid 50 years ago that are just crumbling. Uh, we've got um, some bridges that that are that are in trouble that need that need to be dealt with, and o- over time we'll get them. But it may, you know they they may be um, falling off the, off the map before we do. Mm. Um, and and people think that you know state money and federal money are going to pay for it. Those things are drying up. But uh, well, I, I give you a few um, examples here. We. Um, We'll be adding some uh, bus stops and transfer facility improvements for, for, for transit. 
of half a million dollars, a million five, to the airport to help us recruit and try to get an airline in here. Uh, transit vehicle expansion and replacement, where we expand route, uh, $4 million. Uh, and the Firefly Trail is something that's been, work, been going on for 17 years now. And that's the rail-to-trail project that goes from here to Union Point, Georgia. Uh, to, to, to finish out the Athens portion of it uh, is uh, a little over $16.5 million. And that's something I find very exciting because that is an economic development tool. People, they, there are tourists that come to your community to ride bicycles. Uh, I have a big bicycle family, so I very much know uh, how much that's appreciated. Well, some of the, give you some frame of reference or at least something to compare to. People will talk about the Firefly Trail over there. Mm-hmm. Some of the Atlanta Belt Line, some of the right. things that are over there. This would be that on a smaller scale? Uh, well, it wouldn't be a Belt Line because the Belt Line circles the, the right, uh, right, right. community. The, the the Firefly Trail is – and that's where you have a, an abandoned railroad. Right. And, uh, and most of this money – a big part of this money would be to buy a right-of-way mm-hmm. because um, – when, when the railroad was uh, was abandoned, we had an opportunity to buy a lot of that right away. We didn't. And that and is so, what the Firefly Trail is. It's an abandoned right, railway. It's an abandoned, abandoned yeah. railway. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the airport quickly, and I'm going to get you out of here, uh, but we got to talk about that quickly. We had a big event out there Friday last week. What did you guys do out there with uh, the new commercial terminal? A new commercial terminal, and it is and it is really first class. And if, if we want to, to have, um, have um, commuter service in here or, or commercial service in here, we've got to have a decent place for people to, to come in. And and the thing is, is if you're if you're, I don't I we're, we're working on some airlines and what I know I can't talk about at this time, but for instance, if you're going to New York, and you could and you could make a connection through Athens, you you do your your um, go through security in Athens, you park your car there for free, you don't have to deal with that hassle of driving to Atlanta and parking and all that. I think it has the potential to be a very successful uh, airport. We've just we've just got to get over this hump and get. Get somebody back this in is here. one of those things I should know and don't. I know Tim Beggarly left. Mm-hmm. Who's the airport director now? Are we in the process of finding one? Is it? Uh, we, we're in the process of finding one, and um, all of a sudden, I did my senior moment <laughs> thing. Where uh, it's, it's one of our staff people that's expanded oh, his job responsibilities. That's that's just taking on management of the airport. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. Tim Beggarly come back up last Friday? He did, and I was very nice. surprised. But but one of the persons that was there was the youngest son of Ben Epps. Ah, and wow. and he's. Uh, but and, and while I was there, I was presented with a book of um, uh, about air, airline airplanes in mm-hmm. Georgia, and I started reading it over the weekend. It's just absolutely fascinating. Athens Mayor Nancy Denson, thanks for dropping in this morning.